0: Hello, everyone. Crypto traders around the world, Crypto Talk Radio, Basic Cryptonomics is back with another episode. Thankful for you joining us here today. Let's kick this off real quick. Won't take us long. We got a couple bits and bulbs to get out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. CryptoTalkRadio.net is the site. You can check out all of our various episodes, download, listen. We appreciate if you'd spread the word. The more people that we get listening to our show and our various episodes, the more people we get on board with what we're doing, the greater we can be, the more we can serve you. We appreciate you. We appreciate any word that you can spread as well. And CryptoTalkRadio.net continues to be updated. We are adding content constantly until we are satisfied with the outcome. So keep tuned on that same channel for more and more to come in the future. And we will let you know anytime that we make any changes that are significant, at least, or anything that's new launched. Of course, our tribe membership in the upper right corner, click that, and it'll let you know about the different plans that we have available if you want to support the show. Keep us doing what we're doing. Pass us a little bit of money. It's not a lot, but you get a lot of value for each of those tiers. Check that out at CryptoTalkRadio.net. Let's go ahead and get into our internal news for today. I mentioned on a past episode, and I reiterate here, uh, possibly to the consternation of some, that our triad member, I keep talking about our triad membership and what it offers for people. One of those perks is the ability to literally ask us to cover whatever you'd like us to cover. It also includes conversation directly with me, and we take feedback very seriously. I want to clarify because I received some feedback from one of our triad Radiance members, and I value the feedback I also have to balance with everybody else that listens that may not necessarily be part of the triad or even be aware of the triad and what it offers and why it is what it is. So I had shifted and you may not have heard the episode, but I had shifted away from doing excessive news coverage because things weren't significantly changing. And if it was something that was dramatic, I did do a coverage on it. So every episode spanning back months covered something I felt was important, but I wasn't going to, every single out of news that I was doing prior to May. The reason is because things weren't significantly changing. That's the only reason why we were still in this rut of a bear market, things had died down. And every now and then I would see something talking about, no, this company over here is about to create a stable coin. And this over here is happening here. But the vast majority of things that would affect you as a listener, I covered every single one of them. I didn't cover the obscure over in the corner things. I didn't cover things like the SEC going after Coinbase until I was requested to because ultimately I knew that it had to flesh out and some time needed to pass. Well, we're here now. But along this road with the bear market and everything else, I needed to also make sure everybody understands anything that would impact your ability to get these podcast episodes because I committed to doing twice a week. And so far, I've been studious on getting you twice a week updates and episodes. It was important I explained to you why There might be delays in episodes or shifts in schedules, and I mentioned on that episode, and I believe that was roughly April, that there could be some disruption because of the new endeavor that was starting. Once the endeavor started, and that was May, there was some significant disruption, and I don't think people appreciate how hard it was to keep things on track, given how nightmarish it was. This may have come across as a rant. That's by design, because I also want to make sure you understand there's a human behind the podcast. It's not just automated, and we're never scripted. So I tell you straight as what it is. What I want is the feedback, but I also want you to use the tools that are available because the beauty of my podcast is I don't do ads. So I actually want you to fast forward anything that doesn't suit you or you don't care about or is not of interest to you. Others where they have ads want you to play through the whole thing. And yes, it affects stats, but I would rather you fast forward something you don't care about than to sit and be forced to listen to something that you don't. Also, there was a point when we first started the podcast, this is October, leading up through December and then January, we were doing short episodes, snippet episodes, out of cycle episodes. Certain people that listened to the channel, including one of our triad Radiance members, expressed an appeal to those types of episodes, short, quick, pop episodes. We also got other feedback that said that they wanted more long, you know, more lengthy episodes. And a lot of the international folks. They don't care. So what I needed to do then is create kind of a omnibus episode set where we were doing a lot of different things and it was segmented. You would have, you know, our internal updates, we'd have news, we'd have a, you know, our underdog token. When the bear market hit, we dropped the underdog token primarily. We still did the news, but we weren't doing excessive of it because that started to dwindle. And we saw that it was basically the same thing over and over. And what we don't ever want to do is cover the same topic ad nauseum with respect to cryptocurrency. So we gave a little bit more updates for our endeavors. So you knew we were still here. We're still doing what we're doing, but at the same time, we have another job outside of this. Now that the endeavor is kind of in a reasonably good spot, there's still a little bit of an issue, but nowhere near as what it was. The internal update has been slim. We still want to keep you in the loop in case we need to relocate, because as I said, that's going to cause a little bit of schedule disruption. And I want to make sure you're in the loop. And the reason that's important to me Is because nobody else does that. Nobody else tells you what it is and how you should expect the quality and the cadence and the experience to be consistent as much as possible. That said, though, we do have to make adjustments because we're dealing with a diverse audience that likes different things. The commonality in what people have said is they like the shorter episodes. So we slimmed it down. We try to go no longer than 40 minutes at a slice if we don't have a guest on the show. We also have segments, some of the podcast tools out there support it and some don't and then chapters will come into play so we added transitional music so you know when we're about to hit our next topic that comes through that segment right now is a single file in the future it's going to be multiple there just wasn't a need to because everything was already shortened anyway going forward my commit to you is that there is going to be more audible indicators inside the stream that tell you when we're about to jump to a new topic. And of course, everything will be the same shortened episodes that we had before, but we will start going back to the news updates that we were doing simply because that's an easy transition and we are seeing some things worth your time coming out. So with that, and without further ado, let's jump right into that piece. This first bit's not really news specifically, but it ties to the news with respect to what I've said, which is my recommendation is to work with the core tokens that are out there for now as part of a diverse portfolio, because I believe that's where the wealth will come back. One of these updates is Cardano. If you've listened for a long time and some have not, but if you've listened for a long time in my earlier episodes, you would have heard me say that I have always been bullish about Cardano. It's one of those trouble tokens, though, where apparently their leader is an idiot, but it feels like it's got the right answers for a long-term strategy. Now, its price has been shifting up and down, has not been stable, but one constant is that it seems like when it dips, whales keep buying it, keep jumping it, keep jumping it. Cardano is a actual blockchain, smart chain blockchain, so you can actually deploy applications, and we're seeing more applications get set up on the Cardano network. The downside of Cardano is that it requires a completely different wallet in order to interact with those uh, tokens that are on the Cardano and many don't do it. Like it's not something where you can just add, you can add the Cardano token to your trust wallet or something, but I'm talking to be able to trade the tokens that are on that network. It's a bit of a pain, which I think holds it back as they break those walls down. I've always felt like Cardano was going to be one of those next big things at some distant future. If we think about where Ethereum Classic started and where it ended up, I felt like Cardano was going to be one of those. Apparently, a lot of whales believe the same as what I believed because we're seeing whales currently buy millions of this stuff, and it's priced around $0.50, $0.60, so it's at a discount. It peaked at like $3 and something. So it's at a steep discount, and they're buying the dip. This might be a red herring because with SHIB, the same thing happened, of course, where SHIB peaked at a price, and then it started plummeting ever slightly. And then we heard, oh, whales are buying, whales are borrowing. The difference with SHIB is its supply is so significant, its price can never go past a thing. With Cardano, I think its price can go higher than 3 bucks. I don't know how much higher. And I do think that it's one of those that has long-term potential. We just haven't realized what it is. And we don't know what effect its leader, should it be true that he's an idiot, will play into whether it does go a different thing. One of the big then alerts... From the news sector was around Tornado Cash. So, then Tornado Cash, this happened, this was announced yesterday, and I want to break it down piece by piece where I can, right? So, Tornado Cash is a tool on the Ethereum side primarily. And what it essentially allows you to do is transfer funds in a way that obfuscates, as in hides and abstracts, the path of those transactions to essentially wash funds so that you can't trace it back to where things go. We've seen many of these tokens that essentially rug pull and they drain the tokens out. If you have a peck shield as on Twitter, it will send an alert and say, Hey, this over here. And there was funds send out through tornado cash. That's what they're doing. They're doing it to hide their tracks and then get the money out clean. Well, they know that the money on the other side of it has to eventually go either to a stable coin or to some centralized exchange. Why? Because this is the only way you'd be able to get any fiat. So the United States Treasury Department has what's referred to, a there's a division in the United States called the Office of Foreign Assets Control. The Office of Foreign Assets Control oversees anything having to do with money that is used by or for foreign entities for criminal or nefarious reasons. At a summary, that's what they do, and it's called OFAC. And so anytime there's a loan company, or a bank, there's some OFAC screening processes that happen whenever you're creating an account or you're transferring large amounts of money. There's all these underlying regulations around the fiat side. OFAC also will blacklist certain addresses, certain names, certain account numbers. They'll blacklist them at on their site and they'll say, We these are believed to be either doing nefarious things or they're working on terrorism or they're working with war, they're funding war, they're doing something that we believe is a threat to national security. So then they come out and say, we want to blacklist all of the cryptocurrency wallets that are used by or facilitated for tornado cash. Circle, which does the USDC, then comes out and says, okay, given that we're going to, and this is where it gets controversial, we're going to intervene and we're going to comply with these sanctions and we're going to blacklist these addresses. Here's where you should be a little bit freaked out, but if you had been listening to me for a while, you would have already expected this coming because I told you it was coming. Circle, because they're over USDC and they administer USDC, what many don't know is that USDC, Circle can ban you or block you from being able to interact with USDC at the contract level. So essentially that blocks your ability to use the stable coin. And that might freak you a little bit, but that's what's happening. They're at the contract level, they can block the ability to interact with this contract directly from these origin addresses, so that pre- prohibits them from being able to directly cash out at least through USDC. It doesn't block them from other stablecoins. It doesn't block them from, you know, DAI or USDT or BUSD, unless those take action, which as of right now they have not done. But many of these centralized exchanges are also complying and saying we're not going to allow any funds coming in from these different wallet addresses coming through tornado cash. That means that the tornado cash would have to do more work to be able to get stuff going somewhere else. Well, GitHub, which is where most of the code for these projects is hosted, came out and said, well, we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to suspend the accounts of the developers around this tornado cash to try to stop some of this activity. Neither of these is going to fully stop what's happening. What's going to happen is it's going to freeze a lot of the money that's flowing through this right now and make it harder through some of this. Some of these developers are pushing back and saying, open source code, how can you do this? It's just open source code. It's just code. We can't, we didn't do anything wrong. If you heard me talk about and frankly rant about the fact that we don't have decentralized and those in the triad will have heard me talk about my frustrations with all these different scans like BSC scan and the fact that they're not really true descent. They're not because there's always some entity that has control over something somewhere and can intervene at their will and block you from doing a thing. This that we see is specifically what I'm talking about. Because Circle can intervene and stop you from sending funds to USDC, how can it be decentralized? It's not. Circle is centralized at that point. They're taking a stance of centralization because they're at, they're making a decision of whether you can use their token or not. That's not decentralization in the concept of what it was supposed to be doing. However, a lot of this illusion around decentralization sounded good, and I do think that the United States is, as I said in an episode like a month ago, is doing everything they can to eventually work towards a ban on cryptocurrency by attacking all these outliers, attacking the tertiary companies around it to prevent people from being able to cash out. I do encourage you to go back to that episode, and some might have called me tinfoil, and hopefully this ban for Tornado Cash and all of these companies taking these actions that are frankly concerning will help you understand why I said we don't have decentralization. We don't have DeFi. That's not what we have. And if the United States wants to ban a thing, they can ban a thing. The flip on this is that, hey, this is just code. And I said that largely with the SEC and CFTC, it's always been the reason that they haven't done a thing more aggressive is because it's treated as just code and doesn't have value to you transact it. And so the losses are realized the moment that the funds leave your wallet. Well, when it's hosted in some other thing where you gave somebody else custody, and they absolve themselves of any guilt and it goes to tornado cash, you still technically didn't realize a loss. This that the treasury is doing is basically saying, we're going to make the statement that this was realizing a loss for people. And we're going to put a ban on this under foreign assets and kind of sneak in under the hood as it is using an existing law. And there's going to be some pushback because it goes down to the question of was fiat involved when you do that? It's just value of tokens. How can you do that when there's no value, there's no money, and does OFAC really apply when there's no true value? That's going to be the battleground, but for right now, I want to make sure you're clear, the decision to even try to do so essentially is we don't have decentralization. Frankly, never did and honestly never will, in my opinion. Now, a couple other points. Ethereum. Ethereum, there's the merge happening, there's the fork happening, and we have these other layer ones that are forked off, and then they were their own thing, and they go where it's happening. And I said that we have to see where things go once this ETH2O spawns, if people jump on board, or they jump on some of these other ones that are up and coming, and where we end up at the end of the day, because forks are not necessarily a bad thing, but there have been concerns around the security of of proof-of-stake as opposed to the security of proof-of-work, what's going to happen with mining, what's going to happen to all these things, opening questions, and there's been an increase in adoption for proof-of-stake Layer 1s and Layer 2s. Now, with ETH2O and staked Ether, this is mostly one specific org but generally staked Ether, there were concerns that if you have Ether staked right now, well, what happens when this merge happens and everything goes forward What's the value going to be of what you have staked? Will it be worthless? Are they going to convert it to ETH 20 Some of these are questions that were not been answered because nobody really thought it through. What happens if the merge doesn't work? If the merge doesn't work, does this like Ethereum Classic, for example, these that are still proof of work, do they start spiking? And the new ETH just jacks up and loses all value. And some of these providers that do like Chainlink, that do network they're now saying you know what maybe proof of work is the right answer and maybe we should just stay at the course and revive that instead of putting a black eye on this and then there's the other side that thinks that proof of stakes the right answer including the the governments because of energy use is deep 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 so there's a battle forming idiot vitilic came out and said you know what it's fine both can work it doesn't matter if there's a fork that's proof of work, it's fine. It doesn't affect anything. It's just it's a bracelet at the so he even is not sticking with what they initially talked about, which is no, we should be saying that it's going to be proof of stake and we're going to get away from proof of work. And that was always the predominant messaging. And now they've kind of backtracked on it. It's going to create a battleground and we need to see long term what's really going to happen with this business. I don't have an answer. I'm saying that we need to think about it as a crypto and this goes to my point. We really should grow up. Cryptocurrency needs to grow up, and it hasn't grown up, and that's evidence of it because we make these wild-eyed statements for essentially pump and dump, and then we don't stick to what we're talking about. My last bit of news for today, and then I got a couple of bullet points, but they're not full news, but my last news for today, Binance.com, CZ, as people know him as the guy who runs Binance.com, he came out in in criticizing what I have criticized myself, and of course, he's got the blue check mark. People will listen to him. I have said that most of these tokens will launch a token pretty much as a crowdfunding. They're using it to generate funds for something they want to do, and then it ends up being a pump and no. Or they'll do like lock pay in the car salesman 2.0 and they'll launch a token trying to make short pump profit, knowing it with some gimmick that get that doesn't work. CZ comes and says, you know, if we want to get in this. Business and we want to build something, in cryptocurrency, or build against a blockchain or build a thing, right? Then go ahead and do it, but don't launch a token to do it. Like do it and then maybe the token comes later when you actually have a true use case. Problem is, is that if you launch the token under one assumption and then later you change that assumption and it breaks, you're going to harm investor sentiments, essentially what he's saying. He's also talking about KYC and in his mind, KYC is the best answer across the board. As I said in one of my past episodes, the dominant default discussion is around being, you know, anonymous, fully anonymous, and KYC is completely against that. And part of the problem with KYC, of course, is that there is no central singular thing for KYC that all the other systems just simply hook into. They don't want to do that because they all are looking for something different because they're doing their own policies. He's advocating to try to do something like that as a secondary step to this. So step one would be figure out what I've said the same, figure out what your brand's going to be, what your product's going to be, what your use case is going to be, regardless of a token. Don't worry about the token first, build the brand, build your strategy, build your plan, build your business first. Then the token can be underlying to it. And then the token should have a strong use case and a strong utility to it. Everybody agrees with this, except for the LFG crowd that's out there. Let's not go to the boo who's just out there for the pump and dumps. And they can be out there for the pump and dumps, but as I've said, it goes to my statement. I think cryptocurrency really needs to grow up, and we haven't grown up yet. When will we grow up? Honestly, man, I don't know. I truly don't. So then bullets. Bullet number one. Hedge funds are agreeing with what I've said, which is that Ethereum is set to be the run-up People still expect Bitcoin to be a run-up, but they think it's going to dump first before it does, but they expect Ethereum to do a rally. I speculate the same. Now, whether or not it's a true rally versus a pump, that's still yet to be seen, but I've still said, I think just stick with the core tokens and watch price movement. At worst case, you can buy in off dips and get a little bit cheaper. If nothing else, if you don't want to trade it, that's perfectly fine, but be aware, I perfectly think, (laughs) I perfectly think that that's, That's going to be the big deal. Uh, Binance.com may pull out of Asia because of the regulatory climate. So if you're in Binance.com, just be aware of what I said before. Not your keys, not your wallet. Please don't leave your cryptocurrency inside of an exchange. Use it for an exchange. Get it out. Get it into your wallet so that you can do what you need to do. Now, if you're in, at this point, your, your money's in exchange and you're kind of waiting on something, If you're waiting on whatever, understand the risk that you are doing right now because a lot's shifting and changing. If you did just what I talked about here today, a lot's changing, some of which is outside of your control. And I don't want your funds to get locked up in something because of that decision. If you're waiting because of some pump, I would challenge you to think about how long you're going to wait before you acknowledge the pump may not happen. And if it does, you can still get the pump value in your wallet without the risk that something gets jacked up in on the back end. So just be aware and be thoughtful about it. Be thinking about it and thinking about what you're doing. All right, last note, and this is more joke. It's more funny. <laughs> Idiot Vidalik, as you heard me call him, Idiot Vidalik admitted using Tornado Cash, this is shortly bef- this is shortly after the acknowledgement that the United States government was going to stop allowing Tornado Cash. Idiot like acknowledged that he was using tornado cash to donate to Ukraine. Do you know why he did that? He did that because the media and social media promoted this narrative that we should just simply send money to Ukraine, including our government. So now there's this thought, there's totalitarianism happen, right, of we just need to know when you're sending over to our enemies so that we can come after you. I think it's worse. What really should happen is, and I've said this on Casual Talk, I don't believe, frankly, if, if he wants to do that for his own, not influenced by the media, because I know he's influenced by the media. I know he was. And a lot of the media bias that didn't get the facts about what's happening over there, if you want to do that on his own, then why are you using Tornado Cash? He's using Tornado Cash because he's ashamed that he did it. And that's the problem I got. Like, it's because you using it in this, with your profile, as one of the founders of Ethereum, you doing that, I understand why you did it. You did it because ultimately you think you believe in privacy. However, you created a .eth address, which exposes your name, which contradicts the privacy stance. This is why I call him Idiot Vitalik, because the things he does contradicts the fact that he's an intelligent guy. He knows what he's doing. He's just an idiot. He knows what he's doing. And now he's making it worse because he's basically in his actions saying that this is okay. Using this tool, it validates that tool. It validates its use Regardless of why you can't wrap it, the road to hell, you can't wrap it under this good intention thing. That's not the way it should work. The way it's supposed to work is at the end of the day, you used an illicit tool that has been used to rip a lot of people off. And because it's been used in that, and because people like you with that profile are actively using it and admitting using it, regardless of why, you're validating it and you're causing more of these people to say, okay, great. So that lets you. Send funds privately and not be tracked. Okay, I can use it for this. Do 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 type illicit. That was that's what I take from his acknowledgement. And if you've used it, great. The thing is you're not, you don't have that platform he does. And you're not putting it out there that you used it. So if you use it off the slide for whatever, great. My problem is he has a profile where it's not acceptable that he would use that. That's my issue. Think about it. This guy gets sent money, cryptocurrency all the time and he openly sells public he'll sometimes announce that he sold all that's great but the moment it comes to donating to ukraine all of a sudden he's using a hidden tool that's been used for illicit money laundering essentially and uh, okay and then he's essentially funding a war in the past that have been a war crime regardless of what you personally think my big issue is okay at the end of the day dude You use this illicit tool and you are providing credence to using that tool for the baddies out there, which is what triggered the United States to take action. And that's why I don't want to see people like him getting involved doing this stuff because his profile causes the United States to just jump in and do an action. It's not about your privacy. It's about at the end of the day, stop using illicit tools and validating the illicit tools. And if you do use them, don't tell anybody that you're using the damn thing. That's my point. That's all I'm saying. So hopefully uh, we move past that whole situation and somebody sues something and something gets undone. I'm not optimistic, but hopefully that's a thing. Uh, and we can get back to some sanity in this because I, I think, you know, whatever's whatever Uh whatever. Big picture, though, crypto needs to grow up. Crypto is too immature. And regardless of how much progress has been made, we're still far back in the past. And we've got to get back to some. Common sense, because I'm truly concerned. I'm, I'm not for my wallet. I'm concerned for the future of this thing because if it's going to be embraced by the mainstream, we can't have idiots like this do stupid stuff and then admit doing stupid stuff that just causes the United States government to freak out and take these aggressive actions because all that does is harm everybody else and our ability to do whatever support we want to do on the back end. That'll do it. For today's Crypto Talk Radio episode, I want to thank you for listening today. We know you've got choices. Cryptotalkradio.net, if you would, we would appreciate. At the very top, we have a contact form. Fill that out. Let us know what your thoughts are. If we're doing great or something you don't like, we always love to hear from our listeners. If you don't mind spreading the word, we would also appreciate that. If you think other people would benefit from the type of coverage that we do, we work hard to try to be different than every other type of podcaster or YouTuber that's out there. So hopefully we're on track with that. Finally, our YouTube channel, of course, is at Basic Cryptonomics. If you want to find us on there, those are dedicated, specific, exclusive types of episodes. So you'll hear things there that you won't hear on the podcast and vice versa. Check us out there for more quick and dirty coverages. Until next time, take care.